is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his exact twin, minus being born and raised in Kentucky and his heroic military service and being born to a completely other mother, Kent Chungus. Okay, are you there now? Yes, I am. Okay. Send first responders and officers to this. Yes, please. Hurry, hurry. Oh, hello, Kent. Hi. How are you doing this fine day? Hi. (laughs) Okay. I'm okay. All right. Yeah? Yeah. I woke up. I had a hot ham and cheese sandwich and a cup of coffee. I figure I'll be down here for nine hours talking to you. (laughs) So not so good. (laughs) Did you have a hot ham and cheese sandwich intentionally? Yeah. I mean, I knew I was going to be down here forever. So I was like, I hate getting halfway through recording because we're recording a lot of stuff today. And I hate being hangry because it's bad enough to have to deal with you. But like having to deal with you like on an empty stomach is it's hell. It's just hell. And what's funny about that is you've literally worked in machine shops where everything around you could kill you. Yeah. And also you've been in Afghanistan. Yeah. With bullets flying around your head. Rather go back to Marja. That's crazy. (laughs) That's, that really, that's a, that says a lot. Wow. Well, I'm glad we're friends. Um, hey, I got a question for you. I should get a, a ribbon of some kind for having to deal with you <laughs> that, I, that I can wear on my uniform. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Oh, that's a good idea. I should make you a uniform. One that says 1159 on 1159, it. 1159, and then I just start sending you medals and stuff. It's like flair. Yeah. I'll send you one that's like a purple harp. And you're like, what is this purple harp? And I'm like, it's for surviving a year with us. Oh, I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. We actually talked about making patches, though, right, for 1159 stuff because people people will go on social media or they'll go somewhere and they'll be like, I really want a shirt that says, and then it's like one phrase that we used at some point in a random episode. And, and then, you know, you get a whole bunch of people like, I'd buy that shirt if it said that. But then fiscally, it makes no sense because 15 people would buy a shirt that, you know, we put... A, a lot of time and money into <laughs> making, and then we sit on a bunch of inventory. So we thought about doing patches for people that, like, if there's a stupid thing, we put a patch out that says, like, I don't know, what's something that we've said lately that's like caught on. Uh, I'm probably all the racial slurs. All the racial slurs. <laughs> Jess, would it? Have we said anything? G thanks, Mister. Oh, yeah, G thanks, oh, Mister. Yeah. yeah, G thanks, Mister. Everyone loves yeah. it. Yeah, people like uh, what the heck and heck. So. The they also like the other version of that too. What the heck and fuck? <laughs> that yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, but you got to say it like what in the heck? You got to stutter with it. That's the comedy in it. You got like what in the heck? What in the heck and what in the heck and fuck? <laughs> so that's what makes yeah. it funny. Soup soup. Soup, soup, yeah, soup, soups are cult, our cult call sign. Club, cult, our club. club, right? Club, sorry, our club call. But you have sign. to for extra. Come to Patreon for that. Yeah, you gotta 
find us behind a paywall to know that joke. And it's weird seeing the inner workings of a cult. <laughs> What's funny Club. is on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't seem all that bad. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like super bad. <laughs> it's also kind of crazy how much you look like Rock Terrio. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And you also have uh, a huge penis. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, I thought you were going to lead with, and you also have not showered in a couple days, which... That's where I come in. You might be right. You do. You shower for the both of us. You do. Kent confirmed. Kent showers as often as he possibly can. It's it's almost like, it's almost an osis or ism level. It's an OCD. Yeah. I have a hygiene paranoia. You smell so good, though. Oh, you smell good all the time. I just love smelling you. You smell different when you're asleep. My wife is like that with her teeth. Her teeth smell? She smells her teeth all the time? No, she like she brushes my wife brushes her teeth probably 6 times a day. What? Probably. Wow. Yeah, she'll brush them before she eats, she'll brush them after she eats. Every I mean, me, I'm a wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, and if I remember, I'll brush them before I go to bed. Yeah. But at least once a day, every morning, I brush my teeth, and probably half the time before I go to bed. But with my wife, it's like six times that she brushes. If you ask her what she's doing, she's like, ah, what time did you say on Tuesday? And like six, she's like, ah, I'll probably be brushing my teeth. And she's being serious. Yes. (laughs) She also has beautiful teeth. She does. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But that's probably because she's never had any kind of negative like vice in her life outside of coffee <laughs> i've heard that said like people that get on camera with me they're like why is your why are your teeth so bright and i'm like well, I don't know, probably because i probably that it's like i your teeth don't fall out because you you get an addiction to a prescription drug <laughs> yeah and meth is so prominent in my hometown that if you just even have teeth people are like it was really nice teeth Really? Yes. They can be jagged and brown. (laughs) Really nice teeth. Because they're there. (laughs) Oh, I've got a question for you. Okay. That's how this This works. This this is relevant. It's not. The story. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that the North won the Civil War. (laughs) Be quiet. (laughs) All right. Hey, Kent. What? Who is someone that you recall that died that had a very bright future ahead of him or her? Oh God! Let's say, let's say some from from your town because I know, I know, I know. Military service is probably just scattered with those types of people. I would imagine in your in your past, but like somebody from your town where like you know died too too early. <sighs> Had a bright future. Lit up her room when they came in. You know, I've talked about her before. I'm not going to say her name. A girl that I was really good friends with that got killed in a car wreck. She was uh, something else. Just so much fun. Smart. Fun to be around. And she was in a car wreck and got killed. And I think me and my wife, she was a good friends with my wife too. And we talk about her a lot and like, like to speculate on what her name was Jessica. I don't guess it matters, but what Jessica would be doing today. And it's weird in our heads because Jessica is forever 
21 years old. Wow. Yeah. You know, and now we've gotten old and we're, I'm going to be 37 this year. And Jessica would also be our age, but she's in our heads always 21. And that's so weird Mm -hmm. that she's never aged. But to know what Jessica would be doing today, because she was just, man, that girl was a fucking fireball, man. She was awesome. And it makes me really sad that she was cut short like that. But she would be doing something awesome if she hadn't been killed. Interesting that you say that. I've mentioned this part. Well, no, I've mentioned this scenario, the situation in the past that happened. But I've never talked about one of the individuals. So there was a car accident that happened here. That involved, I, and I, I mean, and, and so I mean this genuinely when I say it, because I think when somebody dies, suddenly everyone is their quote unquote best friend. You know, that, that happens like, yeah. Oh, we were such good friends. And they weren't, you know, and so it's that history's whitewashed and suddenly everybody's their best friend. This person was my best friend. <clears throat> and, um, he, he had been married a year, maybe a little over a year, and they had a little, little baby girl she was i think a couple months old two three months maybe just adorable and they were they were driving down the freeway coming and it was dark it was at night and they were coming around the this big bend in the freeway so when you're coming around the bend you see the other side of the freeway you're just used to it you know you see the cars that are on the other side of the freeway going they're going to pass you eventually on the left hand side because you're driving on your side well, they're driving, and because of the bend in the road, they couldn't tell that a pair of headlights that were coming their way was actually on their side of the freeway. On a freeway. Yeah. On the wrong side. Had taken an off-ramp onto the freeway, this truck had, had two individuals in it who were absolutely blasted, driving at a high rate of speed, and met my friend Sean's car on that side of the freeway head on. His daughter died. He died. And his wife survived, was in a coma for a long time and came out of it. And she's, she's gone on. She's, she's moved on. She's had a, a happy life. She's been remarried. Her life went on a very tragic though in, I think about him all the time because I remember years when we were younger, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19. Then I went on a mission and I came back and we, we would just, we would do things like we would lay out looking at the stars on the trampoline. And I remember having really, like really interesting conversations. And this is, when I say interesting, they were like this. He would be trying to tell me something about now that I look back on it about trauma in his life, but never told me what the trauma was. And so for hours we would lay there looking at the stars, just talking about stuff and he would bring things up and I couldn't process it as a young person enough to like, be like, are you talking, is this, are you talking about abuse? Like, did you suffer? And I just remember like listening to him talk and he couldn't put two and two together. He couldn't put into sentences what he wanted to say about what he had gone through. And I just remember being his friend going, 
man, that sucks. Yeah, wild. You know, like I didn't know what to do with the information. Yeah. And then he got married, and a lot of these ghosts were still in his in his closet, and I could tell they clouded his brain. And I remember it must have been a month before the accident. They were over at our house, and as it happened, like his wife was friends with my wife, and they would do something. They'd be in another room, and he and I'd be in another room. And I and he would he would bring up things that I could tell were just weighing him down. It was it was so interesting because he was absolutely ape. I'm going to say it. He was an apex predator. When it came to music, the the guy was a savant on the piano, beautiful voice, literally could could dance. He was such a people say people light up a room. They didn't light up the room when he walked in. The gravity just kind of pulled everybody to him. He was somebody everybody looked at and felt like they were watching a episode of The Voice. You just felt like you were watching somebody that's like there's going to be no X's hit on the buttons. This kid's just going to continue to become something amazing. We all get to watch it. That's how you felt about him. Yeah. And then, bam, he's gone. You know? And that's just the end. And that's the end. And there's parts of that that you want to hold on to and be like, I can learn from this. I should take something from what he was and, you know, try to remember that. But then there's always a boring Tuesday that shows up and you realize you didn't think of him for a week, you know, and those are hard times. I remember when Jess died, you know, at that age, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, usually at least in that time frame, because we're talking this was – the early 2000s. Now, this would have been actually 2008. Most of your friends, if you were a guy, were guys, and most of your friends, if you were a girl, were girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were onesies and twosies, but when Jessica, when I found out, I remember my buddy Matt shaking me awake and being like, dude, you got to get up, you got to get up. And I was in bed. It was like early in the morning. And I was like, what is, what is going on? You know how you're like half asleep, like really confused? Yeah. He's like, uh, Jess was in a wreck last night and she didn't make it. And I remember going into my living room and a bunch of my buddies were there and it was just a bunch of 20, 21, 19, 20, 21 year old, 22 year old guys just sobbing just because it was, and, I mean, I think that should tell you a lot how, you know, whenever. How much she meant. How much she meant to. Young dudes are stupid, right? Young, young they're, they're fucking idiots. I would say a, a man is probably stupid from around. You start becoming stupid around 10 years old and it doesn't really wear off until like. For the majority, around like 26, 27. Oh, yeah, I was going to say 80, but yeah. yeah 26, <laughs> so for her to affect that many young guys that age in that way, I think said she was just awesome. She was just an awesome human being. So much fun and funny. She was so funny and just uh, 
it was a big loss for everybody that knew her. Yeah. And there's Bean Bean. Uh, oh no, wait, that's I can't tell. I just that, see hair. Is that Bean Bean or that's Mona? Or Mona. Okay, you came in. You got to get on the mic. Sorry. No. Put the headphones on. No. Come here. No. You have to answer one of Kent's questions. No. It's gonna. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, Aunt Kent. Kent, ask her a question. <laughs> Mona. You can't hear him if you can't put the headphones on. Exactly. Okay, you need to get out of here then. Get. No. I'm gonna white fang you. Get on. Oh, get. Get on. Daddy. I am recording an episode. So do you have a real question? Mm-hmm. You have to say it in the mic then. That's no. The okay, what's the question? I need the battery to our car. Let me ask her a question. Give her the headphones. He really has a question for you. There, mm-hmm. We're going to see him at Dauphin Island. He has a question for you. It's a fun yeah. question. Hey, it's a fun question. You. Okay, you ready? He can't hear you if you don't. Can you hear me? Yeah. How do you feel about America's involvement in Vietnam? Hmm? How do you feel about America's involvement in Vietnam? It's just taking the headphones off. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think she's voicing her disapproval. It's just over there on the wall. Why are you talking like that, operator? What? (laughs) I'll come get it when I'm done. I I gotta record. Oh my gosh! I love her, love her, love her. But there's no privacy out here when you have to be in here for eleven and a half hours. Come on, leave me alone, right? It's better than what my wife does. She just opens the door and farts, and then shuts the door on me so that I have to bake in it. Yeah, but it's offsetted by her opening the door and flashing you. So I've got to be honest. You, I know how what's in your brain. You're like, I, I should open the door. Worth it. Worth it. I didn't. I knew you'd say it. You'd be like, worth it. I'll take. I'll take the Dutch oven for a, for a flash. Yeah, that's fair trade. Yep, the once in a while, as you would say, once, once in, in a while. while. Yeah, I'll even inhale deeply for the next five minutes if it just to know the next <laughs> one's coming. She's bringing the heat the next time. Bringing the twins. She eats a lot of sardines, too, so it's like not... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can you tell she's eating sardines when she flashes you? No, just in the farts. Smells like oh. Texas Pete. Oh, okay. <laughs> she eats the ones in the hot sauce. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I did... This is all. This is all relevant. <laughs> Jess is writing on my script right now. She's saying 20 plus minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. Okay. Okay. The question was relevant. This is not relevant. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to get into the meat of the backstory of this episode. You ready? I've Here been ready, go. man. For, it's like, okay. Long time. Okay. Hour and a half now. All right. Here we go. Okay. Danny Smith was a young woman with a bright future ahead of her. She was a confident and vivacious person, and on the night of July 18, 2014, she went for an ATV ride with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Jeff Wellborn. Little did either of them know that this would be their last adventure together. Jeff Wellborn had returned to his hometown, 
hoping for a fresh start. But even after settling in, he found himself surrounded by secrets and lies. Everywhere he looked, he could sense something was off, as if someone was covering up a great truth. Seeking answers, Jeff began to unravel the mystery, discovering a past that had been hidden for far too long. With each new revelation, the truth became stranger and stranger, leading Jeff on a journey that nobody, not even him, could have predicted. Are you excited now? I mean, so far it's sounding like an episode of Dateline, but I guess... So a lot of people said that they missed the like the the the, the wind up to the calls and how I used to like kind of wind them up with the story. So I storified the beginning of this. Yeah, I think this is. I, I like this. Okay, this is better than what we usually do, where we talk about oatmeal and then I just play a call and then we just go into a call and then we're like, no, I don't know what happened. What are you gonna do? And then we do a happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> see that's. Normally how it goes. All right. Well, I do have a call here. Uh, As this plays out, I want you to kind of, as we do, generate an opinion for yourself. Okay. So do a quick breakdown of the pre-story here real quick. Okay. The pre-story here is August, uh, July 18th, 2014. These two went on an ATV ride together. That would be the... End of their relationship. Okay. That ATV ride. What are their two names? This is Danny Smith, you said? Danny Smith and and Jeff Wellborn. Jeff Wellborn. Yep. So we got a female and a male. Yep. And without further abuse. Who's driving? Well, Jeff was driving and then she was like, let me drive. And he let her. And so she drove a while. Trail was meandering. They went through, you know, forests. Uh, there was kudzu, you know, just your normal Georgia. Kudzu ruined America. Kudzu. Fun fact, it was brought to America from Japan to try to quell the mosquito population. Yep. Uh, took over. Took over the whole south. My whole town is covered in kudzu. It's And it grows. It's like. Two inches a day or something? It's something ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. And if you've never been to the South where kudzu is prevalent, you don't realize how much of the sky you can actually see anywhere else except for the South. You get you get into, like, remember, you go to Colorado. Wasn't that weird being able to see the horizon everywhere you went? Yeah, and all those groundhogs. <laughs> God damn, that's such an, inv- that's more, they're more invasive than kudzu. Groundhogs are. And people are are like, however many groundhogs you're picturing in your head, triple it. (laughs) That's how many groundhogs there were. They were, and they all stand up like little gentlemen and ladies, and they just look in one location. (laughs) They don't move. At first, you think they're sculptures because they just stare. (laughs) But they got their little hands up like this, and they just stand on their back legs and they just look. Yep. And when they do move, it's the way a bird moves its head. You know how a bird doesn't really move its head? It's like it glitches. Yeah. <laughs> there was no motion between A and B. No, it's, it's just. just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening to this and you don't know what kudzu is, it's an invasive species of plant. It's a vine. And it, it grows like a blanket. And it like, especially here in, in my hometown, I mean, there's entire hillsides just covered in this blanket of a plant. And it blinds out, it cuts out the light and kills all the other plants. 
and just and it's hard to stop once it starts. Uh, almost impossible. Two feet a day. Is that how fast? Yeah. So it's even way more than I thought it was. Yeah, it's it's a t- it's crazy. Uh, also, fun fact: mosquitoes didn't nah didn't really help. <laughs> no, still mosquitoes everywhere. <laughs> They're like, hey, we've got this invasive species. We should try to bring in this other invasive species that doesn't help. <laughs> and that's Southern logic. <laughs> Bringing it over from Japan, they would have asked the Japanese, like, hey, so what's this like? And they're like, oh, just take it. Just take it. <laughs> and how was that supposed to help anyway? I don't know. I have no idea. Kill all the animals? They don't have any blood? To, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the call. They're riding on a four-wheeler. Jeff and Danny here. Jeff and Danny. This call came in after the four-wheeler. Uh, here we go. Why isn't it playing? It's not working, so let me let me cue it up on my... Yeah, let, let's try something new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always a good idea. Always a good idea. Oh, my gosh. Okay, give me one sec. This, needs, this software needs to be updated. <laughs> Just... Give me a second. Well, this is the ideal time to find that out. I mean, I would. <laughs> Live on an episode. It's like when Michael Scott in the office has to give a presentation on PowerPoint. Uh, whenever he goes to pull it up in the meeting in front of his boss, it's like, and we will start our free trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feels like that right now. And most likely, if this goes the way I plan, it will finish doing the update, and then it's just going to give me a big middle finger and say, sorry, that errored out. While we're waiting, why did the ghost ship cross the ocean? Silverback, a and you are super frustrated in your give studio, and like, I can't hear you. All I see is you to get to the pushing heat, around the walls and screaming. It, it just <laughs> That it was just me. what happened. It tickles me to my gills. Technical difficulties. Like to, get, to, me, to get to the other Todd. and there's an audience that always makes it work does that just tickle you it just tickles me to death it just tickles me to death that's a that's a zinger and you can use that one if you want if you're listening to this Let's all put on a brave face because I can't hear Sam. He can't hear me. Oh, all right. Well, we'll probably keep, I don't know how much of that salvageable. So I'll listen to them in the edit and we'll see. But um, on the clean version, we'll make that sound real professionals. So uh, without further abuse, here is the call. Morris County 911, what's your emergency? I need Cass County 911. I'm sorry? I'm in Cass County. I need Cass County 911. Okay, stay online, okay? All right. You still there, sir? Hello? Hey, I need an ambulance. Cass County 911, what is your emergency? Hey, a, a girl that I'm with just shot herself. I need an ambulance and a police officer at Hugh Springs, Texas. Is she still alive? No, I don't think so. Uh, she, uh, what is your name? Jeff Wellborn. Okay, are you there with her? 
Yes. Okay, and you don't think she's breathing? No, she shot herself in the head. Okay. I'm going to get a deputy in route out there. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to transfer you to Champion first so you can talk to them, and then I'll get a deputy in route. Okay. All right, stay on the line. What's the telephone number you're calling from? Uh, the, the home number. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. A, a girl I was with just shot herself, like in the head. Okay, are you there now? Yes, I am. Okay. Send first responders and officers to this. Yes, please. Hurry, hurry. Okay. Are you with her right now? Yes, I am. She's How sitting old? here in the truck. She's How old 20. She's 20. Okay. She's, she's deceased. Is she awake? No, she's deceased. Is she breathing? No. Okay. Hold on just a second, okay? We're getting the ambulance on the way, and we're getting county on the way, okay? Please, please, please. Okay, can you can you tell me what's going on with her? How uh, she feels and how she, how she looks or anything? No, she's dead, dude. She's sitting here in the front seat of the truck, and okay, I what got... Okay, what, and what makes you think that she is? She shot herself in the fucking head with a okay. forty-five. Okay. Is there a defibrillator available? No, there is nothing here. Okay. I'm sending the paramedics to help you now. Stay on the line. I'll tell you exactly what to do next. Are you right by her now? Yes, I am. Okay, listen carefully. I want you to lay her flat on her back and remove any pillows. No, she's sitting in a truck seat. She's trying to breathe. Okay, then I want you to lay her flat on her back and remove any pillows. Okay, I'm going to get CPR. No, no, CPR is not going to help. Okay, you said she was trying to breathe. No, back of her head. The back of her head is blown out. Okay. And I got some fucking blood all over me. Okay, is she or is she not trying to breathe, like you said? No, she she's making a little gasping breath, but I, I've been to Iraq. I know what this shit looks like. Okay, will you lay her flat on her back and remove any pillows? I did. Okay. Listen carefully, and I'll tell you how to do chest compressions. Place the heel of your hand on the breastbone in the center of her chest, right between the nipples. Put your other hand on top of that hand. I know how to do that. Chest hard and fast, at least twice per second, and two inches deep. Listen, I know how to do rescue breathing. Just get somebody here now. The ambulance is on the way, and they're going to be coming as fast as they can, but in the meantime, I need you to do chest compressions. She's breathing. She doesn't have any kind of pulse, and I'm doing them. You're doing chest compressions right now? Yes, while I'm talking to you. Okay. Well, we're going to do this 600 times, and I need you to count out loud and keep the pace. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And count out loud while you're pumping her chest. Oh, she's got, she's got a slight pulse. She's got a slight pulse. Get somebody, just get somebody here now. The ambulance is on the way. Okay, she's got a heartbeat. The chest compressions are not going to work. Okay, so she does have a heartbeat now? Just a slight okay, one. Look at her very closely and tell me exactly what you see and hear her doing because we're fixing to do um, a breathing breathing detection. It is, it is labored breathing. Okay, I want you to say now, every single time she takes a breath in, starting immediately. 
Now. Next. Now. Next. Now. Next. Now. Okay. But she shot herself in the head. Right with her. I understand she shot shot herself in the head, right? Yes. Okay. And we just did the breathing detection, so that that's actually how she's breathing right now? Yes, I can hear her breathing. Okay, well, stay right with her and make sure that her head is tilted back and check breathing often. If she vomits, turn her on her side and clean out her mouth. No, and no, no. I, and I I'll tilted, sound the line until help arrives. I tilted her head back. You can feel fucking brain plate moving. Excuse me? I tilted her back. You can feel her head fucking being swishy. Okay. And is she still breathing like what she was? Yes. Okay, well, that that's good. I'll stay on the line until help arrives. Tell me when the paramedics are right with her or if anything changes. She's breathing. I, I got out of the truck, mm-hmm. you know, to like walk into the fucking, open the door and shit to get her in. And I heard something sound like a fucking firecracker and I opened the door of the fucking truck and it was like smoky. You know, I, I, I don't know. You don't know what? I don't know what the fuck just happened. So y'all are going to be outside of a residence in a truck? Yes. What's We're outside the house. She's got blood all over the right side of her head. I understand. What's your nearest cross street? The, 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 the highway in this county road. What's the name of the highway? Like 2216, it's a loop around Hugh Springs. Okay. There's a car coming. Okay. It's not the ambulance yet. No. Okay, so... Driveway, there's something up. So near FM 2612? I think that's the fucking road number for the loop around Hugh Springs. Okay. And are you going to be south of that or north of that? Here's the police officer. I'm south of it. Okay. Hold on. Hey, I got out of the truck to go and lock the door at the house, and I heard something that sounded... Okay. Danny shot herself. Danny, the girl laying right there. Say it or hear it happen? No, it sounded like a fucking firecracker going off. She was in the in the truck. I got to like going off the door. Stand right over here, please. Okay. She's breathing, but the right side of her head is covered in blood. Danny Smith is her name. Are you uh related to her? No, I was like dating her. Okay. Does she live here? No, she lives in Longview. Okay. I was like over here unlocking the door. Who else was here? Just me and her. Was she upset about anything? Yeah, we were arguing and stuff and we've been drinking. Go ahead and get your driver's license up. Over here. Is it in this truck? Yeah. I don't know where it is. My billfold's somewhere. Just come over here. John. She's still breathing, but she's got she's got a contact gunshot wound to the right side of her head. You said she's the weapon shot with. No, I don't have any. You got blood on your hands? Yeah. Uh uh got a tattoo on nine one one to get her out of the truck and lay her flat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the back seat? But I mean, You're not under arrest, sir. I just, I just don't want to. I want to just move you from there. I understand. Let me sit right here, not in the car. 
Please. You, I'm gonna leave the door open for you. I, I, just, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to sit down at all. Well, y'all gonna wander around. No, I understand. Is this your house? Yes. You know what you did talk to? I talked to Cassie. You're Camp. still on the phone with him. It's okay, a I'm on the phone with him. Okay. Bang it up. Okay. He I said, need to stay on the line in case you start stop. Okay. A lot to uh, a <clears throat> lot to unpack there. Yeah. My gut reaction was that he shot her. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There are times in that call where it feels like he's not as emotional with the situation as it feels like he should be. But there are also times where it feels like maybe he's still in relative shock about the situation and he's being honest. And here's what, here's why there is, I feel like, evidence to support both suicide and not suicide. They said that the gunshot wound is in the side of the head, mm-hmm. which is not typically how people kill themselves. And mm-hmm. Mike, they usually go beneath the chin. Yeah. Like this thing is not common, I feel like. Right. Even though this is how we typically, like, oh, I'm going to shoot my, you know, whenever you're like, oh, another Monday, then you do the finger thing where you, the, but the gunshot wound is on the right side. The entrance is on the right side. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to, assuming they were sitting in the vehicle, if he shot her, the, the entrance wound would be on the left side. Yes. Here's what I'm thinking. Let me, let me read this, and then, I'll, and then I'll put a couple more bullets of knowledge in your head. So after the police arrived, they began a pretty thorough investigation. They collected evidence, and they questioned witnesses. Particular area of focus was this gun, a forty-five. Remember, yeah. Okay, so if I and I'm just ruminating in my head, a forty-five held at suicide temple distance. That's a through and through, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, yeah, and out the vehicle, and out of the vehicle. Yeah, somewhere inside of the vehicle, right? So, but it didn't. It wasn't a through and through. So that's really odd to me okay so it wasn't a through and through no it wasn't and i think that's suspect. oh okay so that's very i didn't catch catch i thought there was an exit yeah no because he said her head was mushy only blood on the right side of her head right the gun are all the windows still in the vehicle i don't know the gun was found to have jeff's fingerprints on it oh however there was no gun residue or powder residue on Jeff's hands. And so they said that indicated that he did not fire the weapon himself. There are plenty of ways to fire a gun and avoid having gun residue on your hands. So here's where things get vague. Then they, from this, they speculated both in, during the investigation and in the court trial which took place, that someone else was responsible for Danny's death, but no one was ever charged with the crime. So there's a little foreshadowing for you. And when you start immediately explaining what happened the second somebody gets there, that's that's fishy. Yeah. That's like, 
when you're like, yeah, I don't know what, I mean, I was, I, I just know that it wasn't me, you know, I was, I was at the door, I was, I was thinking about Ren and Stimpy, um, and, and then something <laughs> happened, it was like, I, I just know, the only thing we know for sure about this horrible incident is that I didn't do it, that's all that we know for sure, that, that much we can be sure of. Yeah, that's weird to me, suspicious, yeah, I'd say. And he's like, okay, but sir, what's your name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's feeding a buck. See, oh, and that's another thing. Uh, that's another thing that, that I think about. The guilty always have more explanation than they need to give, you know? Yes. So I was listening for that, trying to think, is he over-explaining things? And consider this, too. Like, let's just say these these two had been dating and stuff, and they had an argument, and like he's— He's fed up with her already. <laughs> and then this happens. He, he does, if he did it, he'd sound like he sounds on the, on the call. If he didn't do it, but he's happy to see her go, <laughs> he's going to sound like he sounds on the call. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's rough to say, but that's why this one's tough. Yeah. But I think the, the location of the gunshot wound is super important. Super important. There's one more thing that I left out, uh, so far in this. A little twist. Do you want to take a guess? Ads. Uh. <laughs> Gotta pay the bills, brother. Okay, so here's a little more backstory on these two. So Jeff and Danny, they'd been acquaintances for a while, and Jeff had moved away but came back, and and they'd started to spend more time together, uh, which developed into more of a romantic relationship. This fast-forwards, right? So all the suspicious stuff that we were just saying, here's another couple questions I've got. So, like, he's so quick to just, like, write her off. He's like, she's dead. She's breathing, but... Yeah, that's why it's... She's dead. Okay, just act like you give a shit. Yeah. On this phone call. I, I like how the dispatcher was like... She wanted to say... This dispatcher's a rock star. Yeah, because she wanted to say, you're a piece of crap. Yes. And she said it. <laughs> she, I like when she said, okay, well, if you're doing... Compre- we're going to do this 600 times... And I need you to count it out. You piece of shit. Exactly. Because she knew he wasn't doing anything. Um, yeah. He's not breathing heavy or anything. Like- no. He, also, she's in a truck. So that's going to be a weird angle to be doing, right? Yeah. So he goes from please, please, please send somebody to being reluctant to do anything for her. She's dead. And then she's got labored breathing, but still not doing anything for her. Here's another question I have is the story that he says is that he got out to go up and unlock the door to the house. Who stays in the car in July when somebody else is just going up to unlock the door? What do they live in? Eight mile? Yeah. You know, what? <laughs> this is, that's silly. She would get out of, that's a reflex. She, I'm just going to stay in here until you get the door open just in case there's a pack of wolves out there. And just listen to the accents. You know, it's like an... An 88 F-150 that doesn't have an air conditioner. Exactly. And you know the door to the house is right in front of them eight inches because they're parked on the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So You just got to climb up those rickety <laughs> wooden steps that, that are on that metal frame where the grass underneath it's dead. 
And there's an empty milk jug crinkled up. There's a half-inflated dollar store ball under there. And yeah. A dog bone. <laughs> a dinosaur with the arms chewed off. <laughs> dinosaur toy. Uh, there's a not G.I. Joe laying beside it. G.I. <laughs> Johnny. G.I. Sell at Dollar General. Those are the ones that are hollow and super light. <laughs> Try to move the arms one time and they crack in half. <laughs> this reminds me of the of this joke, and it's a lady who calls nine one one. She says, "My husband is dead," and the dispatcher goes, "Can you confirm that he's dead?" Bang! Yes, he's dead for sure. Like it just seems like if she had said one more thing, he would have put another bullet in her. Because I'm because I'm uh, going out on a limb and saying I'm pretty sure this dude killed her. Okay, but here's the deal. I ain't open the door. I can't do chest compressions. If I open this door, all the cans are going to fall out in the yard. <laughs> and I have yet to recover the bullet, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, so the trial for the murder of Danny Smith was held in Camden County, Georgia. The prosecutor presented evidence that was collected from the crime scene, including photographs and witness testimonies. Jeff was the only suspect in the case, and he maintained his innocence all the way through the trial. After four days of deliberation, the jury decided to acquit Jeff of all charges. While Jeff Wellborn was acquitted in the trial, there, there's still a sense of suspicion. Well, <laughs> is there? <laughs> Lingering in the community. Is there a sense of suspicion? Many believe he got away with murder due to a here's here's what happened. And and this is where I gotta give props to the court system and to the jurors. There was a lack of evidence. So and that's that's where this that's where our, our law our legal system and everything becomes a real thin line because there was a lack of evidence. But people feel like justice wasn't served in this in this feeling, you know, in this. Also compounded by the fact that a lot of people are like, he's the only suspect. It's not like you have other, you know, it's not like the, you know, some serial killer came out of the bushes with the bag on his head and shot him and then left a coded message behind. It wasn't, you know, this was Jeff and Danny. What time of the day was this? Oh, it was, yeah, it was August 8th. Nope. It was July. Sorry, July. Do yeah. we know what time of the day it was? Was it in the middle of the day? Was it nighttime? Tw- yeah, 2014. Um, yeah, that's the year. But was it pretty warm? Time? Pretty warm out. Do we know if the, it was daylight outside? Because in this trailer park, there should have been at least one person with a kiddie pool sitting in a lawn chair with their foot in a kiddie <laughs> pool. <laughs> yeah, actually, there were... Smoking a Marlboro. Looking at the notes here. Yeah, there was light. There was um, his headlights. So there was that. I don't, it doesn't say that. His headlights were on? What? Headlights were on. Well, it says there were, he, his truck had headlights, but I don't know if they were on or off. Yeah. So what you got up? Georgia. Okay. Yeah. So this guy was acquitted. He's acquitted of this. And many feel like Danny didn't deserve this. 
I don't know, man. I have some questions. There's, there's just before I came up with like a a solid like this is my opinion. I would need to see like a lot of other things, you know. Like there's just a lot of unanswered questions here. Yeah, yeah. Crime scene footage. So, so there was. It's been all over the news. There was a murder. There was a murder that four people were murdered in in northern Idaho recently, and. There's all this criticism about the police and, you know, what did they know? What did they not know? Why weren't they revealing stuff? Blah, blah, blah. And all that, you know, we get really critical of the way that these these things play out. In, in like in the case of the Northern Idaho one, all of that, what are, why aren't the police talking, ends up in that they all they knew stuff all along and they couldn't reveal but then there's other cases where you wonder, like maybe this, maybe this one hypothetically, where it's like, why aren't the police doing more? And then it just kind of ends with a glump, like, oh, they really weren't doing more. <laughs> oh, the investigation did suck. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard. <sighs> I have, um, I have a happy ending. Okay. So this one's fun. This one's interesting. So. I recently uncovered a treasure trove, a database, if you will. Do they know that I have access to it? I don't know. But what it is, is it's Freedom of Information Act submissions that are tracked as to whether or not that submission was completed or declined or in the process. And those that are completed, it shows the request to the authorities or the, the department that might have the information, the correspondence from that department, any replies, it's a dance. And what's crazy about this is people don't know this, but they call it the Freedom of Information Act. But when you cr- submit a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request so for something like a 911 call, of the time, the response comes back and says, yeah, no. Well, can you send me anything? Yeah, no. And then they copy and paste some state state law that's like, according to 526.3, your request is not. And it's it's always a waste of time. They're wasting your time because they literally have to do this, but they also... Don't have to do it, if that makes sense. Media, news reporters, everybody. Everybody gets the runaround. So if you look at the correspondence between the person requesting the, the, the happy ending I'm about to play, which is actually three little calls. If you look at the correspondence, it took them like eight months to get these three tiny audio files and at the very end, it, the response from the the department that submitted it just said, here you go. Like, th- this person had to follow up like 16 times, once every like 20 days to say, hey, following up on this, I, where, where's the thing? Totally ignored over and over and over. It's six months. And then suddenly they're like, here you go. It was it's so aggravating, and I deal with this all the time because in the background, I'm always trying to get calls f- through Freedom of Information Act. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, this was an interesting one because I got to see the correspondence. I worry about what's going to happen with this show when you start running out. You start going vigilante. <laughs> Maybe kind of trying to initiate some calls. <laughs> I make them up. They're all fictional. I stage them in my town. You stage them, but they're not fictional. <laughs> <laughs> Could be interesting. I think we'd probably increase the listenership. For a oh. few months. Absolutely. Until <laughs> I'm on a witness stand going, I didn't know. I'm, I just make dick jokes. I didn't, I... <laughs> All right. Here is call number one of this happy ending. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. November 19th, 2015, 6 hours, 31 minutes, and 32 seconds. Number one, quick. Hey, can you have a, uh, can you connect me to the fire department? And they hung up on her. Here's call 10. What year was this? 20, uh, 2015. I think it said 2015. Okay. I think it says it at the beginning of this call too. Here's call number two. November 19th, 2015, six hours, 31 minutes and 43 seconds. Chicago Fire Department. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Is this the fire department? Yes. Listen, I have some, there's some like electromagnetic uh, fields going in my apartment. I have some apps on my phone and all of them are like recording in the You could probably disconnect fires. Okay, thank you. So. <laughs> no. We don't have time for this shit. <laughs> some dude interrupts the call and is like, I think we're going to shut this one down. Like suddenly 911 called dispatch is like, um, it's like America's got talent and you can like hit the buzzer and just hang up on people. <laughs> Boring. <dude>. Absolutely. <laughs> utterly. Disgusting. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing at this, I'm building a, I'm building a mystery in my head and I'm trying to figure out like, how is this happening? How can they be that jaded? The mystery is she's schizophrenic. It's not a mystery. Yeah, we're going out on a, a limb here and saying she's probably called before. <sighs> okay, here is the th- <laughs> here's the third call. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. November nineteenth, twenty fifteen, six hours, thirty two minutes, and thirty one seconds. Chicago Emergency Carbon Home. Can I have the fire department, please? One moment. Chicago Fire Department in Davis. Hey, Davis, how are you? What's good? What can I do for you? Um, I have some serious electromagnetic currents uh, going on in my unit. I have a couple of apps on my phone, and they're all like off the charts at like 600, 700, 800 uh, micro Teslas. I'm, I'm getting burned, and I'm, I have all these apps. I have screenshots of them, and I can't tell my condo board association about it because they told me not to tell them about it. But I don't know what to do. I mean, this is like radiation levels that are dangerous. It will, there is no way you have radiation in your building. Well, for coming from what? Um, it's like an electromagnetic field. Yeah. There is no, there is no household electromagnetic field appliances. Or, that's impossible. Well, I think I someone's know. creating them. I don't think anybody's creating them. Well, you don't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to say without investigating, correct? Well, we're not, there's nothing to invest in. How, how do you think somebody's in their apartment creating large okay, That's not what I asked you. I asked you, do you guys do anything for this or no? No, no, we do not. Okay, who does? What's that? 
Who does? I have no idea, but the fire department isn't trained in uh, electromagnetic generators. But they have radiation detectors. They have CO detectors. They have radiation detectors. A, has, a has, hazmat team would be able to detect uh, levels of radiation or chemicals or something like that. They have radiation detectors. Right. So wouldn't the fire department be the ones to come out? Not for uh, electromagnetic fields in a household. That's just, there's nothing that can be there that can generate electromagnetic fields. Well, that's not accurate, and you know that's that that's pretty not accurate, true. actually. That's not you accurate. Can you can Google it. It's pretty accurate. Have no. a good day. This lady <clears throat> needs the number to David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. Uh, and the real mystery to me here, the, the biggest mystery is why somebody would spend six months of their time trying to get these calls. Okay. What if I told you that the six months of time trying to get these calls was the request that she was submitting? I, I had assumed that, <laughs> but I think it's not much of a mystery because the culprit here is methamphetamine <laughs> or schizophrenia or both, oftentimes both. And we're not mocking her illness. We're just, we, well, uh, here, okay, here's a little bit of behind the scenes on this is imagine, imagine this, imagine, imagine that. She something had happened now after this that that caught the news's attention, the media's attention, and then these calls. That last call was put in the news. Like the fire department would be under complete attack. You yeah. know, because imagine because, this. What if there was a guy hiding in her closet, making electromagnetic fields? <laughs> It's the whole time. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> and then he leans out while she's on the phone and like, they're not going to believe you. <laughs> and then he just burns her really quick and goes back in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> so she's saying 600, 700, 800 micro Teslas. His name's Otto. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back up to the attic. That's yeah. a reference. That's a, that's a reference to True Crime Kent. So check out the latest episode of that. So she's saying 600, 700, 800 micro Teslas is the amount of magnetic interference she's finding in her field, in her house. If you stood one inch away from a microwave, that gives you 200 micro Teslas. So. That tells you just like hanging out in your house. That means that someone is backed up like a EMP machine in a semi to the outside wall of your house. And then they're just blasting your house with it. Also, fun fact to share: if you're receiving that much micro Tesla uh, interference, probably not going to make a phone call. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I thought that one was fun and kind of interesting. But we don't know if there was actually a guy making magnetic fields. We don't. And it, we have oh, okay. to hold out. You know, we have to hold out that that could be. A, Case is still out on that one. Totally. It could be possible. Okay. Well, that's all I have for today, folks. That's that's what I've got. Um, thought I would. I, well, well, guys, <laughs> that's all I have for today. On 911 Calls Podcast with the Operator. 911 Calls Podcast with the Operator is brought to you by 1159 Media. 1159 Media. So loud. Can't even hear him. uh, Idaho based LLC. I see his mouth moving. I can't hear. And you can't hear what I'm saying. 
Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's just the loudest thing on earth. That music was. It was. Oh, you. Could. You woke up my children. My, my, one of my three year old taking a nap upstairs. You woke. I'm in. I've listened through headphones. The loudest thing on earth. I was trying to do. Like I a too news. have an entry wound in the side of my head. <laughs> I was trying to do like an outro with music, but you couldn't hear me at all. It was so loud. The oh. music was so loud. Love. This is well. Well, everybody. This is the end of this episode. Hold on. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. 1159 Media is a 911 Calls podcast. Right. If you like this show and other yeah. shows that you listen to that aren't from 1159 Media, I don't know why you would. Find us at 1159media.com. You can find Don't go right now cuz I'm actually editing the website. Ugh. Um it's really bad. But okay. go there soon. Give us a one star. And we deserve it. And vote vote for your favorite president. If you really want to help us pay the bills, then you can pay. give us money. There's a lot of ways to do it. You still can't hear me? It's so loud. You can't hear the me? The music still? is so loud. It's like... St- okay. Do it again. It's a 911 yeah. podcast. It's like standing <laughs> next... You know how a concert, there's the big speakers right there. To, it's like standing right next to that <laughs> and then watching somebody try to give a PowerPoint. Up on stage. You see the mouth moves, moving, but your brain is just rattling inside your skull. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it's just in your headphones and speakers, guys, because I was talking the whole time. We knew you were talking. We could times, see your mouth three, moving. Whatever. Well, well, everybody, that's the end of the episode. I'm going to say it. Go ahead, turn on the music. I'm pretty sure it's their problem. Okay. Yeah. Now say what you're going to say. I know you probably can't hear me. Eleven fifty nine media is a thing. Can't hear, can't hear me. Bye. Can you? All right, love you. You say bye. Bye. Hugs everybody. <laughs> <laughs>